When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. What's going on? We're back with another episode of Dice It Up of the Her Hoop Stats podcast. Ice is not with me today. Uh, she's off in Australia. It's game day for her, so good luck. Uh, we're recording this on February 13th, day before Valentine's Day. So I brought in my love, uh, Calvin Wetzel, to, to co-host with me, my guy from Spread the Floor. And uh, we have a awesome set of guests, uh, a couple of guys from Brooklyn who started a podcast. Could be talking about anybody if you're listening right now, but uh, <laughs> Miles Ehrlich, Owen Pence from Windsider, uh, two guys who Calvin and I probably talk to mostly every day about women's college basketball and WNBA, uh, both on the Liberty Beat constantly. Um, I know Owen kind of floats everywhere as well, um, but guys, thanks for coming on and congrats on starting your own podcast that's called The Pull Up, correct? Yeah, Pull Up with Miles and Owen. Uh, okay. We are part of the Windsider Podcast Network. Owen and I, first of all, thanks for having us. Great to see your face because normally I'm just texting you all day. Sure. Um, but yeah, Owen and I started this podcast. We've been at Windsider for a couple of years now, him a year longer than me, I think. And this has been kind of uh, a while coming. We've been talking about it, floating it for a while, but it feels great to have it out there. Our first official episode dropped last week with Kayla Thornton, one of the newest players on the Liberty. And yeah, we're going to get into all of their moves. Um, but it's been a really cool and fulfilling experience. We've got some big stuff planned. You know, it's all right. Like, I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> whatever, I guess. No, it's great. Thank you for having us on. Super fun. Talking hoops. Love it. No, 
Love that. Uh, yeah, listen to the Caleb Thornton episode. Loved it. Uh, we'll we'll throw a link to that in the description of this episode. Um, and it's funny. It's like, oh, one of the newest members of the Liberty. Uh, you forget how many new people are on this team. Uh, kind of the topic of conversation with all WNBA circles. They probably took over Twitter for a couple days along with the Aces. But uh, let's, let's jump in there. I mean, we're going to be seeing one of the greatest teams maybe assembled ever firsthand. So we are going to be at Barclays firsthand. Uh, well, three of us at least, cause we are New Yorkers. Uh, give us a recap real quickly about what the Liberty have done for those who are listening and don't know about this new look super team that Jonathan Colt has put together. Yeah. Um, they have had maybe, the best offseason of any team in WNBA history. And I think that because of the fact that it's a hard salary cap sport, you could even make the argument based on the constraints that the WNBA has. This could be the most impressive offseason that we've seen. And I know that sounds like hyperbole, but when you look at it, it's a team that's going from the, the fringe of postseason contention to co-favorite with defending champs. And coming into the offseason, I don't think the Liberty were one piece away. There were all the rumors about they would add Brianna Stewart. But Brianna Stewart, I think just adding her would have elevated them from a seven or an eight seed to a top four. But then they added not just her, a former MVP, but they also brought in John Cole Jones, the 2021 MVP. They brought in Courtney Vandersloot, who is always at the top of the assist per game numbers. Um, they brought in Kayla Thornton, who we've talked about, who's going to be a really big piece. And the pieces that they sent out were big parts of the team. But this is still just just I'm watching you smile, Dano, because these are just we're going to see five all stars taking the court on a daily night. And on paper, obviously, we don't know how it's all going to work out, but it just looks fantastic from where they are to where they're going to be come opening night. See, I remember a year ago after a game, uh, you know, having a beer at McMahon's with Miles and Owen talking about, you know, like, what is the real potential of this team? And you all floated the idea of uh, Stewie coming here uh, for this 2023 season. And it always seemed like a pipe dream. But, you know, like you said, you make that move. That's great. But to get all the pieces they did, uh, you know, it obviously involved uh Courtney taking less money, Brianna Stewart taking less money. This roster stacked. Um, I don't want to say top to bottom because every team has weaknesses. We've seen that with, you know, the Vegas Aces last year. They probably had that bench issue. But as you see the Liberty now, and it's hard to say because they haven't played as a complete roster together. We, we're not even close to camp yet. But uh, what do you see might be some weaknesses uh, from this New York Liberty team? Uh, do you want me to take this one? I can, I'll keep on answering all the Liberty questions. I'm happy to. I'd love for you to take this one. Cause this is like when I, you're taking the test in high school and you just, you have no <laughs> idea what the answer is. Like, what? <laughs> I know. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, cause you, I mean, everyone's talking about them being like the absolute lock of a favorite. I mean, shout out to everybody on this, on this podcast right now. I think we all have some, some big Liberty tickets at plus plus seven fifty or, <laughs> Or higher, I think they're now down to plus 160, 135 to win it all. It's it's crazy. So, I mean, with that, you expect a team to be like 
almost perfect if you're mm-hmm. almost even favorite to win the entire league. Yeah, I think that's the thing. When you look at it, everything sounds like it should make sense because they have talent at every position. But it's it's in the margins. My first thought went to defense on the perimeter. When you've got Sabrina and Courtney Vandersloot, they're not going to a lot of opponents are not going to look at that and be scared on that end of the court, right? And you've got behind them though, you've got Brianna Stewart and you've got JJ. So your next thought is, okay, if they get beat on the perimeter, I have two all all W defenders that are capable of stepping up. But you can have some imbalance there if you're constantly pulling one or both of them away from the rim to help if you're putting them at the switching actions. That's where I think, though, the addition of Kayla Thornton comes in where Benajah Laney, because B has been forgotten by so many people in this yeah. offseason. And I think it's it's recency bias is some of it, right? Because like we she was injured for a lot of last year and. I don't think people always kind of watch her defensive game as much as they watch her offensive and, and, but her strength and her switchability, having her and Kayla as these, these wing defenders, because they did lose Beck Allen in all these moves this off season. It allows you to put them onto whomever you need to on a given, right. On a given night. Like if Arike is cooking switch B over there, you can, you can hide Sabrina. You can hide Slew a little bit. Kelsey Mitchell's generating a lot of the Fever's offense. Then you bring Kayla Thornton into the game. And I think that those options, that's something that Sandy Brondello showed that she was very willing to do last year, was to kind of make some of those adjustments on the fly. To She didn't do those like hockey substitutions where there was five in, five out. Um, so if you've got one of... JJ or Stewie always at your back line. And then you can, you can mix and match a little bit based on what's happening in that game. They've got depth to do that. And that depth is sometimes players that don't need the ball in their hands quite so much. Han was very efficient last year. KT is a very efficient player. DD is going to be coming off of the bench and hopefully we're finally getting a healthy season out of her but she's someone else who doesn't need the ball in her hands to make a difference. She's a very, very strong cutter. She makes a lot of smart decisions and she's not, she's putting most of her energy onto the defensive end. So they've got some players and then, you know, we could talk about if Maureen Johannes gets here and then what that brings, because then it's this beautiful free flowing offense. Um, I think a lot of their weaknesses can be covered up because they've got this talent that can score with anybody. But I think that, for me, and I know there's going to be a little bit of bias here. That's kind of where that separation comes in for me, because yes, the aces have made some moves, but the Liberty and we don't know their final roster construction yet. There's still probably another move to be made, but right now we're looking at the starting five with five all-stars. And then behind them, you've got potentially Hanshu at the five, Steph Dolson at the four, Kayla Thornton at the three, Didi at the two, Epiphany Prince at the one until Marine comes over. And then you've got another roster spot where it's Jocelyn Willoughby, Niara Sabali and Sika Kone all coming into camp to maybe fight for one more spot. That's, that's a roster that's 11 deep. And that's a roster that can, that second team can hang with almost every team in this league. So it's not just a top heavy roster. That's scary. Yeah. Yeah, And like my, I mean, you kind of just hit on it already, but like that, you know, when Dano brought up the aces bench last year, like that's, that's something I always think about is like, Everyone talks about, like, have we seen super teams or not? Like, we have seen super teams before. The Aces were a super team. But the Aces starting lineup was a super team. Their bench 
was not at all. And like, I, I guess I'm interested in your thoughts, like how much, because we look at the aces last year, like all the starters, you know, when they were healthy, were playing 33 minutes a game or whatever it was, which they should have been because that that's how they had to win games. But like, how, how much do you see Sandy using the bench this year compared to maybe like what the aces did last year or just any other team, really any other super team that we've seen? I think if they hit the season with healthy bodies, which last year, the Liberty and, and a lot of teams really, but the Liberty, especially that first month of the season, looking back, there was a point where they had to cancel a preseason game because they only had five players. Uh, it took them a while to gel. And with a new coaching staff that made it kind of hard to find those rotations to, to work people in coming people coming over late and all of that this year, even if you have Marine come over late, she's been there already, right? Even if you have a player that's in or out of the lineup, likely they've been there already. Even the players that are coming into the system now have played with other people. And I think that's part of bringing in people that are, you know, all-stars is that they've been on these Olympic teams together or playing overseas with one another. Uh, I don't know how deep you can go with this rotation because you can go 10 deep. You really can. I just don't know if it's, super smart but if you want this lineup to be if you want this this lineup this first five to be ready to go at playoff time any given night this team will be favored right outside of those four games against the aces so a deeper rotation makes sense especially we're seeing a 40 game season this year so it's still compressed but they're gonna need to make sure that everybody is healthy come fall when they really need everyone Scary. I mean, I know Calvin and I know all about Secret Cone. Spent a lot of money <laughs> oh, on yeah. last year. Oh, yeah. Molly for the win. <laughs> she's uh, fantastic. And she's also playing really well right now overseas. So I think she's averaging something like 17 and 14. It's something silly. It's, uh, I mean, I can't wait. I mean, I feel like you were probably at practice a lot. Um, I feel like practice is going to be kind of must see um, here in New York. Before we jump into the super team across the country, uh, I, want, I want to ask Calvin, because, I mean, I've been thinking about pulling the trigger here and there on some some futures in the WNBA. I mean, from, from what you've seen, Cal, where do you think there's value in who is being underlooked as far as uh, contenders go in the league? I mean, I, I know everyone's being underlooked, but um, who do you think we we should be giving um, giving some glances at? You mean outside of the Aces and Liberty? Yeah. Uh, I mean... And if it's nobody, then, all right, I'll save some money. <laughs> well, like, the correct answer is nobody, but the I mean, that's that's boring. So I'll, I'll give you an answer just for our listeners. I, I think the Mystics, if you had to choose someone, the Mystics are probably the only team that I could see hanging with the Liberty and the Aces for anything more than a random hot shooting night, you know, a, a three game series or five game series, they're not going to win one, but I don't, you know, I could see the mystics picking up a game against either of those teams in a five game series. And the thing about the mystics is they're going to be so good. They might be better defensively than either of those two teams with at least with their best defensive unit on the court. I don't know if they'll be as deep defensively, but what they've added, like they brought in Brittany Sykes, they already had the best defense in the league last year. Uh, you know, if if you catch a team on a cold shooting night and you're you're locking them down on with Shakira Austin on the back line, anytime you do get beat off the dribble, which is never going to happen. 
with their perimeter defenders. Like you, you can definitely keep yourself in some games, some of those really low scoring grinded out games, but no one's winning a five game series. Let's be honest. Like no one's, no one's beating either of those two teams three times. They, they did sweep the aces in the regular season series last year. I, I, I'm always one to forget that. I was, uh, cause I think I, I was going to too. I think I was betting the wrong side of that every single time. Um, but uh, also, I mean, I think we might see our first healthy uh, EDD season in a long time. Landella Don, like she's what played, you know, did the whole load management thing, played half a season. Um, passing the reins to, you know, uh, the heir to the throne as far as uh, coaching goes. I don't know if we'll see a drop off in uh production from from the team but i assume uh he's pretty close with mike and what he did so uh <laughs> i think it's a safe assumption but yeah no i mean i'm looking into the mystics as well um and we've seen some some other moves across the uh across the landscape of the WNBA. but um owen i mean it's probably your favorite team uh the aces repping asia wilson <laughs> Um, Owen Owen told us in our group chat one time, "quote My heart is a big old ace," <laughs> which is one of my favorite quotes of all time. <laughs> I can't. Lie. I think we all held our breath when you said Owen said this in a group chat. <laughs> I don't know. But Owen does does Candace Parker? Uh, granted, she's what 37, 36? She's 36, I believe. Okay. Um, I mean, people say that she's getting up there in age, but like, you know, what game one of that Connecticut series, she had one of the best statistical performances of all time, even though it was a loss. Uh, I think she was let down by Chicago this last year, but uh, so I, I'm afraid of her as a, as a New York fan. Um, I'm afraid of that starting five. Absolutely. They had Alicia Clark. Uh, I feel like they added somebody else on that bench as well. Are the Aces going to retool it, bring another championship back to Las Vegas? Uh, we know there's some off, you know, circum circumventing the cap situation, but regardless of of all the off season drama that's happening, just looking at what the, what product they put on the court, how do you feel about their chances this year? I think their chances are great. I think that there's a handful of things uh, to dive into here. One being that we haven't seen since the Lisa Leslie Sparks, a team go back to back in this league. It's very difficult. And I think we all know, and this is not an indictment of their title in the least. Every team to win the title needs injury luck. Chicago 2021 had a team that was not healthy the whole regular season and that gelled in the playoffs. Everyone was healthy, boom, hit their stride, win the title. The Aces last year had pretty remarkable health. They had four players who they could not afford to lose. And those four players played essentially every single game, regular season and postseason in Asia Wilson, Kelsey Plum, Jackie Young, Chelsea Gray. So you're more than likely not going to get that like ridiculously clean bill of health this year. Now it's impossible speculating about injuries, blah, 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 whatever. I think that Candace Parker on this team affords Becky Hammond to be able to be a little more liberal in the regular season with resting her stars. 
I think something that got lost in the in the kind of the popular narrative last year was that Becky was running her starters into the ground. She didn't yeah. trust the bench. The young players, Kirsten Bell, Asia Shepard, the rookies, hardly ever played. You know, none of these players, even Raquana Williams, who was their only bench player who was like, quote unquote, reliable. That's Kia Stokes was reliable, but like Raquana Williams, a little more dynamic, whatever. Even Raquana Williams was not healthy throughout the season, not really herself. So it was the starters and and that was it. But what I give credit to, to Becky Hammond, I don't think people really realize this, is Jackie Young and Kelsey Plum were among the league leaders in minutes. Chelsea Gray and Asia Wilson actually were fairly like middle of the pack in terms of like major players in minutes. They were playing a lot of minutes, but she wasn't playing them 35, 36 minutes every game. And you saw those two players at their best, ready to go fresh dynamic in the playoffs. And I think this organization understands that the playoffs is kind of what matters. A lot of these players are not playing overseas. They're hopefully going to be fresh entering this season. Uh, in terms of the on-court fit, like to me, the most exciting element, you mentioned Candace Parker and like, is she going to show any, you know, signs of decline? And I think that we have seen decline in her athleticism over the years, obviously. But what she has lost in athleticism, she has made up for in a number of ways yeah. in terms of how she she just treats the game like chess at this point. She is one of the most prolific rebounders this league has ever seen. And at this point, she's not out jumping the tallest players. You know, she's not like the strongest player on the floor, but her per positioning is impeccable defensively. You know, she's not able maybe to hang on the perimeter like she was in her prime. She is still one of the best defenders in this league in her mid-30s because she knows exactly where to be. She knows what to do in certain pick-and-roll coverages against certain teams. Um, she knows when to help. She knows when to, to stick to, to her assignment, etc. She just has really mastered the game. And her passing is going to make this team ridiculously Elite. Like, it's crazy. And think about the matchup for a second, because obviously we can't talk about either of these two teams without discussing the other one. Think about a playoff series in which you have John Quill Jones and Brianna Stewart going up against Candace Parker and Asia Wilson. Uh, what could be better than that? Uh, that's crazy. That's wild. The the graphics that are going to be made by social media accounts are going to be fantastic. The... And, well, this brings me to uh, one other thing. Stop leaving Jackie Young off your graphics. And Benajelani. And Benajelani. And Benajelani. Jackie Young. Show some respect. Come on. I mean, I the I really haven't really I haven't gotten myself to the point of thinking about the actual matchup and like dissecting it. I do want to ask one of those basic uh, gotcha questions. Like Miles, you can be the liaison for the Liberty and Owen for the Aces. Um, tie game. Who takes your last shot? That's a great question, Stewie. That was quick, Chelsea. Well, here's the thing. I think it's interesting, right? Because like the Aces is more complicated. I think it's fairly obvious that you want Stewie taking the last shot if she's on the court. So the obvious answer would be okay, Asia. But the the aces are constructed a little differently, and Asia's game is different to Stewie's game. And I think that it's kind of, you know, maybe punting on the question, not a fun answer. But you'd have to 
you have to be in the matchup, see how it's going, see who's defending who. Like we just watched the playoffs. Chelsea Gray was taking those shots for the Aces, mm-hmm. which for is sure. not an indictment of Asia. Asia was had one of the best playoff defensive performances I've ever seen. She was eating on the glass. She played amazing offensively from a scoring perspective, you know, in many of those games. But when it came down to the end of the game, there's no better one-on-one bucket getter in this league than Chelsea Gray. And ultimately, it's a real luxury to have Chelsea Gray on your team and also be like, oh, yeah, we also have Candice and Asia in the front court. Like, in case we want to – oh, yeah, we also have Kelsey Plum, who, by the way, can just – snipe from anywhere we also have jackie young who's like a you know an assassin everywhere she goes it's ridiculous I, it breaks my brain thinking about this matchup every well, time yeah i was gonna say that i was way too fast to answer because as i'm <laughs> listening to you break it down i i think that comes down to a a stewie sabrina pick and roll and then reading the defense there but back in 2021 Sab took some of those shots, but Benaisha took a lot of those shots too. She's someone who can generate her own her own looks at any time. JJ seals deeper than maybe anybody else in the league. So if you're looking for, you just need two points. You could just clear out. You could space Stewie right, and you can clear out, get it deep to JJ. We were all there. Sorry, except for Calvin, we were there in Brooklyn. When Courtney Vandersloot hit a game winner against the Liberty, she hit she had a few game winners last year. I yep. think she had three game winning threes last year. Yeah, she like, tore the heart yeah. out of the Barclays Center that day. Like that yeah. was mean. Also, Miles is too nice. Look, Benaja Laney, legend. I love her. She's not getting the last shot of this team. I disagree. I, I think look back at that playoff series last year. Look back at that playoff series, especially that game three. Yeah, she took she took uh some big shots in that series. I've yeah, and, better and, yeah like, no. And no disrespect she's a clutch player like she's great i think her her best offense comes off of other actions i don't think she makes a ton of sense as a number one option the play that i can't wait to see is john quell and stewie setting staggered screens for sabrina yeah <laughs> and then just like going just in different directions john quell and stewie setting a screen on a play you just there's so many ways you could play off that. You could have one roll, one pop. You know, you could. There's so many different variations of that set that's going to be just absolutely ridiculous. More than that's that, I, I want to like, see. Sorry, Cal. I just want to see the two of them out there, not with Sabrina, but with Marine. Oh God. Yes. I want to see yes. that. Yes. Yep. Agreed. We all want to see Marine with literally anyone, really. But I feel like the better way to phrase that question, though, based on like what you guys are all saying isn't like who's taking the last shot, but who has the ball in their hands at the end? Oh yeah. It might not be the same thing. You know, when you have a Sabrina or a Chelsea gray who can, if you completely sell out on them, go find someone and all four other players on the court for both of them are going to be able to hit that shot. If you sell out on anyone else. So the answer is like, who knows who's taking that last shot, but who has the ball in their hands at the end? And, and like, the, it, it's definitely Chelsea Gray for the Aces. And it's, it's Sabrina, Chelsea I think, for the makes, Liberty. Yeah, I think Chelsea makes it easier for, for the Aces to answer that question. But the real answer, though, is we won't know until Sabrina has her dream the night before opening night. And then once <laughs> Sabrina goes to bed and dreams about who will hit the game winner, only then will we know. Well, I mean, opening night, they're playing the Fever again. And... uh Game winners. I don't. I don't want to play the whole set the line thing, but I I imagine it's going to be a. I imagine it's going to be something ridiculous that we can't bet on. You know, like (laughs) 
We're going to see mean, college basketball lines in the WNBA. It, it could like, I mean, with the, the highest number. I, I don't think we had a 19? line in the 20s last year ever. I don't think we, but we might. Yeah. We, like I mean, from opening night this year. It feels 19, like, yep. it feels like the Liberty are always playing the fever opening night. But it I does. think it was the last, I think it was the home opener last year, but then there was the Tierra McCowan year where she hit mm-hmm. that put back on opening night mm-hmm. and now we're getting them again. It was like the Barclays opener a couple of years ago. It just, just weird scheduling. Um, but yeah, that's uh, Aaliyah Boston's first game, p- potentially. potentially the game used to always Boston's be like a pick between the two worst teams in the league and now it's going to be the total opposite. Yeah, I mean, good for Aaliyah Boston. You know, great, great experience playing against John Quill Jones and Stewie, your first uh, first game in the W. <laughs> um, obviously, everyone listening should know that uh, she is not a member of the Indiana Fever yet. We're just making a broad assumption that she's going to be the number one pick. Um, speaking of picks, I know let's let's wrap up here pretty quickly. Uh, we got some college games to watch. Who do you have in your top three? Um, and give me the order. Uh, I know that Owen and I definitely differ um, on this. Uh, and I love having Calvin on here because I don't think there's anybody who's watched more college basketball than, than Calvin Wetzel. Um, but I'll start with my three. Uh, number one, um, Aaliyah Boston. Two, I'm taking Diamond Miller. Uh, three, I'm going Haley Jones. Yeah, I mean, I, I I can't disagree with that, and and I have to say, I'm way outmatched in terms of the numbers of hours of college basketball you guys watch versus myself. So I'm just here to I'm just here with the vibes report, you know, and and the vibes report has Haley Jones as the number two overall. <laughs> but look, I love Diamond Miller. I think Diamond Miller's game is incredible. I think that if Minnesota took Diamond Miller, no one could critique that at all and yeah, it's a win-win what's that it's a win-win with either of those players it's a, win-win. It's, a, it's a real win-win and i think that diamond miller's ceiling is astronomically high i think something i'm watching in her progression and her growth is people are going at the next level professional defenders are going to anticipate Diamond Miller using her length to her advantage, which she does so brilliantly in college with these really long Euro steps, etc. And it's not to say she doesn't have moves, but I think she's going to need to add, you know, a certain um, extra level to her offensive game to score in tight confines. Um, but that's just growing pains that anyone has. Personally, I'm just really high on Haley Jones. I think that people have kind of forgotten how dominant she was in the final four when Stanford won the title. Uh, there are definitely concerns about, will she be able to score at the next level? Her three point shooting is, hasn't been very good in college. Uh, Stanford players did uh, other than the Aguma case, like, can you be successful professionally? We haven't seen it from a lot of Stanford players, uh, you know, coming from Tara's system. And ultimately I'm like, I kind of, I just trust her. I just like, she just seems like someone who is going to figure it out. She's so smart. She's such a yeah. good passer. Um, that's a type of player I'm going to bet on every time. So I'd still take Haley too, but taking diamond too is entirely defensible. Do y'all have a, any of y'all have a player comp right now for Haley Jones? It could be NBA too. I don't, I don't care. I'm, I'm just trying to, I mean, like the IQ is there. The, the handle is like good enough. Um, Obviously, the outside shot maybe not there, but I, I'm trying to figure out who I would kind of put that player comp to. It doesn't ring a bell for me. 
No, but there's a lot of similarities, I think, to Nafisa Collier in the way that she approaches the game, not defensively, not not doing all the same stuff, but some of the cerebral stuff that Owen was talking yeah. about. And I think that that's why I keep on coming back to still liking Haley Jones personally at two, even though I don't think there's a wrong decision to be made. But I kind of selfishly <laughs> want to see the two of them sharing the court together. Uh, but yeah, I don't really have a, a comp, but just... It feels like a very Cheryl Reeve move to say, let me get two of the smartest young players that are sure. seeing the floor so well and generating offense because otherwise Minnesota is basically running back the same team without Sylvia Fowles for the last three seasons now. Um, so you're looking for someone who can not just bring it from day one, but also elevate the rest of that roster yeah. And I don't know if Diamond Miller necessarily does that to the level that Haley Jones will. Yeah, no, I, that's a great point with the links in particular. Like, I feel like the narrative has been for the last few years, like they have a lot of pieces and they don't have a point guard or whatever. And not that Haley Jones is a point guard, but if you have Haley Jones next to Nafisa Collier, you can get away with a much bigger hole at point guard than probably most teams could. Uh, because of what you talked about, how cerebral they both are. And like Haley Jones in transition is just elite. Um, I have no idea what they're going to do. So this isn't a prediction. But if I like if I were drafting, I would go Boston, Haley Jones, Diamond Miller to answer your question in that order. But I was, I was, splitting for, hairs. I was waiting for Mackenzie Holmes. That was I, that's where I thought you were going. <laughs> um, Gorham Maine in the house. Let's go. <laughs> Honestly, she's not being talked enough. Uh, talked about enough. No. I mean, I know Calvin's fighting for her every day. Uh, so, McKenzie, if you do listen to this, uh, biggest fan in the world is sitting in the state of Illinois right now, and uh, I'm talking to him. Um, anyone else that's that we're not talking about at all draft wise that you do want to see get a shot? Um, who's draft eligible and um, not coming back for another year. This is uh, as long as we're talking about my love for Mackenzie Holmes and more importantly, Indiana in general, I'll throw Grace Berger into there for mm. into that mix for uh, to answer your question. I think, um, I mean, I wouldn't actually take her third or fourth or whatever, but I would <laughs> yeah. love to see her get a legitimate shot. I don't know if she's going to go in the first or in the second round, but she's definitely going to go somewhere where, uh, you know, you see players not necessarily have an automatic spot on a roster. Um, but I think the way that you've seen her get better each and every year in college, number one, she you can talk about her jump shot as well. Not her jump shot, her three point shot. Her jump shot is elite. But if she can expand that range like she has all the other tools physically, she's an athletic freak. Passing wise, defensively rebounding, all she really needs to, I think, jump into that tier where she would have a guaranteed spot is to be able to consistently knock down threes. And the way that she shoots the mid range, like I can't imagine that that's not something that will that she'll be able to add to her game at some point. I love that. I, I love Grace Berger. I'm a big fan. A uh, couple of names I would throw super quick. I know we're wrapping up. Rakea Jackson, I think, is someone a lot of people have talked about. If we're talking about like right after that top three i think everyone kind of agrees the top three is the top three right now who knows big crazy things happen but i like jackson at number four and then if we're talking about like steel you know like someone you take a flyer on like maybe second round third round leticia me here is someone who i've always loved and who i think i'd love to see her in a professional offense i don't know if she would stick on a roster until we expand rosters and expand the league 
but I would love to see her get a shot. She's someone who kind of proved, you know, in little spots here and there that she's capable of, of running point, even though she is more traditionally got like a front court type of build, really smart defender, really good passer. Uh, obviously, you know, is not someone who brings a lot of like shooting range, et cetera, definitely some holes in her offensive game. Uh, but if we're talking about, you know, people selecting from spots where, you know, you're just trying to get someone who might stick and, and if they don't, it's not really, you know, anything major. I, I would, I would take a shot on Leticia. Um, and I'll just throw out a couple of quick names too. I think that someone who has jumped up the draft boards recently in recent months, largely because of opportunity, Lou Lopez Seneschal with UConn is she has been really their rock when they've gone through so many injury issues. Aliyah Edwards has been phenomenal, but uh, last I checked, Lou was shooting 47%, 48% from three. She's always kind of been their their fourth quarter scorer and that kind of mentality I see carrying over. Um, and then another name that I wanted to put out there, I, I really still like Charisma Osborne um, in terms of when you're bringing a guard to the W, the defense needs to be elite if you're going to be seeing court time from day one. And I think that her ability as a two-way player, wherever she lands, she'll be someone who will be fighting in practices in training camp to get opportunities and those are the players that normally make an impact from the beginning so i think that osborne's got a really good shot to break camp with a team and unfortunately we can't say that all of these first round picks are going to break camp with a team but and get rotation minutes from day one i love it i love it great names uh obviously more reason to watch all these players um, on a nightly basis uh, around the country. Um, everybody, go listen to the pullout with Miles and Owen. Uh, go read their stuff, doing great work. Uh, we love them here as a, as a friend of the pod. And, uh, yeah, we'll we'll be back uh, hopefully next week, if not the week after, with Dice It Up. Uh, Cal, thanks for co-hosting. Uh, you're the best. I love you. You guys got to give me the sixth man of the year, by the way. This is like the fourth time I've pinched this morning. <laughs> hey, it won't be the last. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. Great talking to you guys. As always. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois.